0: All I'm saying is, we have some talented people here of all ages. We got the youngsters talented. We have the middle age-ish people talented. We have old people talented. And can I tell you, <laughs> and you can define old however you want, but but can I tell you something that what we just saw, what we just saw was a glimpse of the future of KCC. This is a glimpse. We are a church that is continually to further the kingdom of God, but not like it's just one age or one group doing it, but yet it is the entire body of Christ. It is young, it is older, it is mature, it is those new in the faith, those mature in the faith, and it is us doing it together. It's intergenerational community, intergenerational worship, and what we just saw there, here right now, that's pretty exciting. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped right now. You pumped? Oh, man. So, I get to share with you a fun message, and, um, and and it's amazing, and I wish we could just hear the band the entire time, because that was so, so touching. And if you're here for the first time, because maybe your kid, or your grandkid, or your Whatever was here, we invite you back, and um, we would love to get connected with you. Come talk to me. Come talk to any of the staff. We'd love to, to chat with you, but here's where we are. In your programs, we have a brand new series going on. It's a brand new series. It's called Healthy Relationships, and out of curiosity, does anybody have relationships all figured out? All right. So we, we all have issues. Raise your hand if you've got issues with relationships. All right, I'm raising both my hands. There we go. All right, why y'all laughing at that? (laughs) Just don't ask my wife. All right, all right. So here we go. Healthy relationships, and today we're talking about the most important relationship, our relationship with God. But if you look on the back, next week we're talking about our healthy relationship with our significant other. Now we don't need work on that. We got that down. And anyways, the week after that is a relationship with our friends, coworkers, and then we have families. We're going to have a parenting seminar coming up in about a month or so. We're going to have lots of resources, tangible resources, that you could take home and put into practice. Because when we talk about the Bible, we're talking about God giving us the tools to do it. And then, hey, let's go and actually do those tools. And so here's how this series came about. Two weeks ago, we did a survey of the entire congregation and we asked you what your needs were. We asked you your concerns, your, your thoughts, your, what was going on in your life, and, and we analyzed the data. That was fun to do. <laughs> we analyzed the data. So over 240 people took this survey. We did a first thing, before, you know, right first service, second service, Friday night. Everyone came in. Right when they came in, we gave them a couple minutes to do this survey. The number one um the, the, the top need that everyone said they had, or not everyone, but the top need that came in the survey was relationships. And so we had a different series planned, but we heard your voice, and because we heard your voice, we scrapped what we had planned, and we started from scratch and built a series around your needs because we heard your voice and we wanna meet the needs because we believe when we meet the needs of those around us, when we meet our needs and we realize those needs are met in Christ, that then there's freedom, then there's healing, then that frees us up to go and be the kingdom of God, to go and be the hands and feet of God to all the world. And it's really, really amazing. So we're going to look at a passage in Genesis, Genesis 18. And if you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, whatever it is, go to Genesis 18. And we're going to look at this unique passage. It's a passage of Abraham and Sarah. And in Abraham and Sarah, they get three... Visitors. Now, these visitors aren't just your average, normal, everyday visitors. There's something unique to the visitors. So, as we read this scripture, these eight verses, pay close attention to who these three visitors are, maybe what they are, and see if you could uh, key in on any of the key phrases here. Genesis 18 The Lord, the Lord. Appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance in his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. And then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sayas of finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them while they ate. He stood near them under a tree. He stood near them under a tree. Process that passage for a moment. And I want to mention one other thing that I just forgot to mention. Um, But it's, it's, it's a mission trip we have coming up to Samoa. If you're interested in going on a mission trip to Samoa, um, Pastor Nofal and Pastor Marie are leading this trip. It's going to be a phenomenal trip. There's going to be a medical component to it. There's going to be men's and women's ministries component, enriching people's lives there in Samoa. It's a one-week short-term mission trip. If you want to know more about it, there's an informational meeting, and um, they'd love to talk to you after church on the, the lanai there. Pastor Nofal will be on the lanai, so make sure you go and chat with them about all of that. It's going to be a great experience for those who want to go and for those who do go. So Genesis 18. As we're reading that, maybe some phrases came to your mind. Maybe some phrases were like, ah, okay, I, I, I get it. There, there's something unique going on. So, so the, the first verse in Genesis 18 is this, is that the Lord appeared to Abraham. So it says the Lord appeared to Abraham, but yet we have three Figures coming to Abraham and Sarah. And in centuries following it, some theologians have said these three figures were angels. Others said that they were much more than angels. After all, they bowed down before these three. And so Abraham does something, you know, that that was traditional. He said, may I prepare a meal for you? It was the culture of that day when there's a stranger to come in to be hospitable, to invite them in. And that's exactly what they did. And so Abraham and, and Sarah, they realized that these three were not just ordinary people, but that these three had some sort of divineness to them, that there was something unique and special about them. And here's what happened. They prepared the meal. They got all the finest of foods, and they gave it to the three visiting. But yet they watched from a distance. They didn't sit with the three. It was almost as if Abraham and Sarah said to themselves, Surely, surely we ourselves are not invited to this divine table. I'll say it again. These three unique, these unique characters there. There's these three unique people. Surely we are not invited to this divine table. So these three men came to Abraham and Sarah. And they're there, but yet they prepared the meal for them, but they felt, in, felt inadequate to sit and have a meal with these three figures. Now, there's a famous painting. That was painted in the 15th century, and it's called the Hospitality of Abraham, or simply called the Trinity. As we'll see, these three figures that came was much more than just three regular people, but they were three divine beings, as we'll see in a moment. So in the 15th century, this artist painted this this, this, this picture depicting this scene in Genesis 18. And this is the scene of the three strangers, the three visitors there meeting. And he paints this beautiful picture that has so much meaning to it. And uh, in this painting, in this painting, there are main, there are three main colors which illustrate facets of the Holy One and all of the colors are contained in the three. And the colors you can see better on the screen than the picture that's in your programs there. But, um, but here's what we have here. We have the color of gold. If you look to the, to the left of the, of the picture there in a moment, gold represents the Father. God the Father who is perfect and he is the ultimate source. Gold as a symbol of royalty. Gold as a symbol of purity. And then the artist painted the sun, Jesus, blue. And blue represents Jesus. Because blue, because sea and sky mirror one another. And therefore God in Christ has taken on the world. And here's what's interesting. The center figure there that we have is of the sun, and he has two fingers like this. If you can see in the picture there, he has two fingers like this, and it's almost as if it is a symbol of Jesus saying, I am divine, but yet I am human, representing his humanity and his divinity. And then we have the green on the right-hand side. Green represents the spirit. Green because it represents divine photosynthesis that, that, that grows everything from within. Green because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It brings healing to our lives. He brings healing. He brings freedom. He brings fruit to our lives. And so we have these three main colors. Now look at the picture again, the Holy One and the form of three. Eating and drinking and infinite hospitality and utter enjoyment between themselves. There is a contentment that these three have. There is a sense of everything is all right in the world. There is a sense of we enjoy being together. That is a healthy relationship. It is a picture of God the Father, of God the Son, of God the Holy Spirit. One God revealed in three forms or three persons. But here's what's interesting in this picture there. Notice the hand of the spirits. We have the hand of the Spirit here on on the right. And it's as if the Spirit has his hand like this, as if he is inviting the onlooker, the observer. You know what I think? This artist's... Here's what I think What happen. The artists knew that Abraham and Sarah missed out on dining with the Lord. Abraham and Sarah thought they weren't good enough. Abraham and Sarah thought they didn't have it all figured out. So they f- gave the food to Abraham and Sarah and they backed off and they just kind of watched from afar. But what this artist here is saying that the Holy Spirit is saying you are invited. Abraham and Sarah missed out on the invitation to a relationship and to a dinner with God. But he's saying to us today that we are invited to a relationship to dine with God. And in fact, art historians over the years have said that there was actually perhaps something else added to the picture. Because if you look at this picture there, in the middle bottom part of it, there's like a rectangular part that's actually missing. Some art historians will tell us that there used to be a mirror there. Now that mirror is, to have a mirror on a, on a, uh, a picture like this, on a painting like this, was odd. You would never do that in the 15th century or even today, really. But what is fascinating is that art historians will say that if there was a mirror there, somehow it was taken off, it fell off, it broke off, whatever it was. But if there was a mirror there, the implications are profound because the implications are whoever is looking at this picture, whoever the observer is, he or she is invited to the table. And how appropriate is that for you and I today when we talk about having a healthy relationship with God? That God invites us to the table. That God invites us into a relationship. And what we see in this iconic picture here is an is a image that God is content within himself. Somehow God is in perfect unity with himself. And he says this. He says, you're invited. And so I don't know where you are in your walk with God this morning. Maybe you're far away, maybe you're close, maybe you want nothing to do with God, but but hear the words of what this is happening in Scripture. And hear the, 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 the heart of God that's going on here, where we have a God who invites us to the table. We have a God who created all things, a God who has no beginning and no end, a God that is all-powerful, a God who loves us, but yet this God who created all things says, I want a relationship with you and this image here is a perfect image of God inviting every single one of us to the table no matter where we've been no matter our past no matter our mistakes no matter how uh, insignificant we think we are God says you are loved and you are valued and so he invites us to the table. The challenge is though, we have to accept the invitation. In Genesis 1.27, it says that we are created in the image of God. Say image of God. Image of God. So we have the image of God. And everything else created before God gets to humanity, it says this. The the trees were created according to their kinds. The land animals according to their kinds, and so on and so on. Everything according to their kinds. Then it comes to you and I, and God says, let us. There's that pronoun, us. Somehow one God revealed in three persons, figure that one out. But let us create humankind in our image, male and female. Let us create them in our image. So what does that exactly mean? theologians have thought and have all these different ideas, and I think the the, the key idea with this being created in the image of God is this. It's a relational component. It's a relational component that we could have a relationship with God, and we could have a relationship with others. We could have a relationship with God, a relationship that brings fulfillment a relationship that brings healing, a relationship that brings peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. And this image of God is the fact that since God is in perfect relationship with himself, since God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we can reflect that. And our goal is to work on a relationship with God because I know in my life, when my relationship with God is strong, my relationship with others is strong as well. It's kind of funny how those two go hand to hand. It's almost as if we're created for relationships. And God is calling us to the table to dine with him. But what happens when we're out of relationship? is that there's disconnection, there's disunity, there's, there's all sorts of things that are thrown off. When there's, when there's an unhealthy relationship at home, that throws off the vibe of the home, does it not? Like when you know you go home and you know there's going to be a fight, we dread it. And so what do we do? We stay at work a little bit longer, or we stop at a friend's house, or we stop wherever else because we don't want that drama at home. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but when relationships are good, When they're strong, when they're healthy, that's when we have freedom. That's when things are so amazing. And so our goal and our challenge is to reflect the image of God, to have a relationship with God that is fruitful and a relationship with God that not only is it working in our lives, but it transforms to other people. And so what image are we going to reflect? Are we going to reflect the image of God, or are we going to reflect the image of pride, the image of power, the image of trying to fill in the blank? Richard Rohr writes in his book Divine Dance, he says if he had to summarize the spiritual journey in one sentence, in one sentence, here's what he says, we gradually turn into the image we reflect think about that. If we're created in the image of God, our lives are to reflect that image. But if our lives are reflecting other images, power or greed or pride or whatever it is, we're going to turn into that image you know, metaphorically so to speak, but if we're created in the image of God and we're working on that relationship to be more and more like the creator of the universe, our lives are gonna be changed from the inside out. And those the junk in our lives, those hurts in our lives, we're gonna start seeing healing, maybe even miracles, come from our lives. Why? Because we are being transformed into image of God. And so the question is well, how do we do that? The past four or five weeks or so we did a series on learning to be spiritual. If you haven't, if you weren't here, you didn't get to listen to all of them, go to our websites, comedykeychristian.org, and, and, and what it is, is it introduces us to what's called these spiritual disciplines. But what the spiritual disciplines are is this, it puts us in a position for God to work in our lives. It puts us in a position for God to do the change within our lives. We talked about study. We talked about solitude and silence. We talked, about, we talked about love. We talked about all sorts of different things that are reflected in scripture. And when we put ourselves in a position to, to receive the, God's love, what happens is that we practice these spiritual disciplines and God starts doing amazing work in our lives. And so for more of that, just go to the website, check out the messages, and there's resources there as well. But here's the deal. God is relational, and God desires a relationship with us. God is relational, and he desires a relationship with us. And here's the invitation. God created us in his image. We have strayed from him, but yet Jesus calls us back to himself because of his death and his burial and his resurrection. In John 1.12, we read, Yet... To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The invitation is that we are invited into God's family, that we could be his daughters, his sons, into his family, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. And that is the start of having a healthy relationship with God. Realizing that we need God is the start of this relationship. And so I want everyone to know this. Wherever you are, you belong. In god's family we belong in god's family and it's up to us to accept that call and can i tell you something about this invitation there's freedom in the invitation there's freedom in living how we are designed to live and the band could come on this note here and i want to just end with this thought here there is freedom in how we're designed to live. When the creation, that's you and I, live how we're designed to live by the creator, that gives us freedom to be who we're created to be. And when we live as the creation, honoring the creator, there's freedom in every area of life. The chains of bondage are broken, are taken away, and we have so much in order to work on a relationship with God so how to have a relationship with God let me share with you just four quick thoughts one, practice the spiritual disciplines that we talked about go online and, and look at the old messages, you can listen to them or you can watch them number two know that you belong God is calling you number three we want to have a healthy relationship with God. Get rid of anything that takes us away from God. Anything that is blocking our relationship with God, that's sin, we need to get rid of that because God has so much in store for us. And can I tell you something about sin? Sin is so alluring. Like sin promises so much and it delivers nothing. God offers us a life of freedom. Like sitting at his table where there's complete contentment. That's the life God offers us. Number four, if we are going to have a healthy relationship with God, if we are going to accept the invitation to dine, to eat with God, he wants us to go deeper. God is not done with you. God is not through with you. God has a plan for you. And he says, here's my invitation. I'll just accept it. Amen? Let's stand and let's sing in response.